0: the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Kerry Ransom, in his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and
1: leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC.
0: Good morning. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I'm Kerry Ransom. And thanks always to my engineer, Paul, for making me and my guests sound so good. Today's episode is sponsored by OC4 Venture Studio, a new tech startup company building platform and community that's growing here in Orange County. If you are looking for help with your startup, or you're looking for opportunities to work with the next generation of high growth companies here, or you just want to be part of the Orange County startup community, you can go to OC4V.com to learn more. And we are doing a bunch of virtual events right now as uh, we are trying to do our best to practice social distancing. However, I am really happy to have my friend Matt Case here with me on Accelerate OC today. And we are doing it in the studio. And uh, before we get to hear from Matt and we get to hear all of his great entrepreneurial wisdom and stories, let me tell you a, a quick bit about him. He's currently the president of Bionatus, which is a really cool company here based in Irvine that focuses on turning breakthrough scientific discoveries into successful businesses. And as Matt says, they really go from A to Z, from the, the idea all the way through commercialization to the business. And they're having huge global impact in a number of really interesting industries that we'll talk about today. I have been to their office a few times, seen their approach and the companies firsthand, and I'm just always super impressed with how thoughtful and creative they are in figuring out how to take this tech, these new technology uh, ideas and breakthroughs and turn them into businesses. They've launched companies such as BlueOn and Luminos, and we'll talk about those today. Matt is actually uh, from the same part of the world that I am. He is a native of Kentucky uh, and Rival, as I'm a Hoosier, as many of you know. And he moved out here several years ago to help launch a company for another local private equity firm before getting involved with Bionatus. His background is in chemical engineering, and that's served him and the companies that he works with very well as they develop early intellectual property and uh, work to commercialize it. Matt, it's great to have you here on Accelerate OC today. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. Sure thing. Let's get going. So let's get to the starting line. I uh, gave a little bit of an intro to Bionatus, but why don't you give your version and how you guys think about really going from A to Z, as as you say.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, for us, Bionatus is, we think it's pretty unique. Um, and there wasn't really a term for what we are, what we do until recently. And, you know, you were kind of one of the I would say localized leaders in this term on the the venture studio side mm-hmm. of things, mm-hmm. um, you know, which kind of makes sense to us from a nomenclature perspective. But um, you know, we're unique in the sense of we have a very different approach of how we look at everything from ideation all the way to company formation uh, to strategic implementation, capital raising, um, and kind of the whole downstream process. So, you know, with that, we've been able to take you know literally. Guys in a garage, you know, a tinkerer, a widget, et cetera, and turn them into successful, you know, commercialized businesses, um, you know, with large strategic partners, venture capital partners, um, et cetera. So we take a kind of a. A unique approach um, very hands-on you know again people always ask you know oh you guys are a venture fund or you're this or that and it's no we're, mm-hmm. we're you know not any of those things specifically we're a, a multitude of, of all of those things so to speak I can relate to that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're an accelerator right yeah. no, I, I, you know, we this
0: is we've got a process so yeah. let's let's put that into one uh, real example so one of the great ones I mentioned it that you guys have going, it's growing rapidly. is called Luminos. Yep, yep. So I've used the patches. I've shared them with a number of folks uh, in my family who've had great results as well, and even uh, you know sent them to folks in places like athletic departments, as I think we've we've talked about. Yep. Um, so share a bit more about Luminos, and and I think particularly, I mean, you you guys talk about it as a platform, yep. but you know share sort of both the platform and. Uh, you know, what what it's been, and I think also what's super exciting is where you're headed.
2: For sure, no. Yeah, Luminos is a a prime example of this process. So, you know, from the outside perspective, it might look like, you know, it's a products company, right? Mm -hmm. We have these patches, they do X, Y, Z, et cetera. Um, But all of the products that we make are a process um, utilizing our proprietary charging technology. So basically, in a nutshell, we have a technology that I can take the energy or the frequency or the signature uh, from natural constituents and transfer that to a, a different material. So for pain relief, for example, we're trying to lower inflammation. So I'm going to take arnica, turmeric, ginseng, coquitin, et cetera, um, transfer that signature to the mylar patch. Then I'm a, then once it's in the patch, I can deliver it energetically. So I don't have the, the, the downstream side effects that you would have taking, you know, chemicals or topicals, et cetera. So mm-hmm. it's a delivery system in a nutshell. And once we figured out that we could do this basic charging process, you know, we then had the macro epiphany of, Okay, I can charge anything, right? So where can this thing go? Um, You know, we see it it could be potentially as big as pharmaceuticals as a whole, you Mm -hmm. know, from a market perspective. But then you have to do the, this is where the practical side of, you know, the business comes into play. You have all these opportunities, we have to pick one. So pick a low-hanging fruit, Mm -hmm. what's the lowest barrier to entry, how can I prove this thing out readily, et cetera. Um, That's where we started with general pain, you know, pain, pain inflammation relief. So, went down that process, um, commercialized our first product in May of 2018, um, followed behind that with an athletic version, got a lot of professional athletes and sports guys involved, so that's kind of been fun. Um, But now, you know, when you create technologies that are truly disruptive and, you know, kind of groundbreaking, et cetera, we found that you have to do the first part yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to build the first brand, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't go license this to some big player because they're, you know. Sure. So, but now that you've built the first one, now you can take a step back and have these macro discussions of what do you really want to be? Mm-hmm. You know, for us, we don't want to be a products company. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, a, you know, infinite brand builder. Sure. Uh, we want to utilize the praf- the platform and almost become like an Intel, mm-hmm. right? So you can see a day where you've got, you know, Band-Aids, Johnson & Johnson powered by Luminos. Mm-hmm. you know, so that's kind of the the next evolution where we're going to be able to take the company this year, which I'm really excited about.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. And we were just talking off the air uh, it, it, you know, that there is another area that you guys are, are looking at that is pretty relevant to uh, what you know what we're dealing with right now with this uh, pandemic so how how are you guys thinking about that as sort of is it you look at it as a new market or an extension of what what you've been doing? Yeah, yeah,
2: no, new market for sure so that's another cool part about you know the technology is rapid commercialization. so we had had a uh, immune focused or immune support focused product in r and d you know beta testing for the past twelve mm-hmm. eighteen or so months um, to the point to where enough people wanted it and wanted it available, so we offered it you know kind of for sale behind the scenes, so to speak. Um, But given the current climate and the things that were happening, we, you know, we put our full commercialization focus effort. Fortunately, we've got uh, good suppliers, good manufacturers and product partners that were ready to to jump on board and move quickly. So we went from, you know, I've got this pre-release product, so to speak, to seven day turnaround time, fully commercialized, Mm -hmm. new e-commerce platform up, you know, products ready to go. Actually, the first one's come off a lot today. So we'll see, um, you guys will see a lot of uh, kind of press and news and media around our launch of that in the coming weeks, but. Yeah, very exciting. So my wife uh, t-
0: typically takes uh, an immunity boost sort of drink yep. uh, many times a week, if not daily. Uh, how do you think about you know this oral consumption versus um, you, you guys talk about it as you know electronic delivery? Yep. How does it compare to I guess oral from dosing? How do, how do you guys really differentiate the to the consumer so that they they fully understand that they are getting it because there is that sort of psychological element for sure no doubt we have to overcome
2: for sure yeah so we we see all other delivery mechanisms as complementary right so i don't see it as don't use the patch versus Mm -hmm. the use the drink etc um but the kind of the differentiating factor on the patch is that because it's energetic and it's inductive, the way it delivers, you can't use too many, mm-hmm. so you don't have to worry about dosing. Sure. You don't have to, you know, so yep. you get rid of that part. Um, so the body, I mean, what you're showing is that the body just stops. Yeah, uh, you become saturated you just, at some yeah. point. Yeah, it, it becomes a, a no need, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, and then there's no because it's again because it's energetic. There's no allergens or counterindications or oh you have to worry about can I have this immunity thing with this medicine mm-hmm. right all that kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, so to speak. So we look at it as like the ultimate consumer easy. You open the bag, take the patch out, you put the patch on 24 hours, put a new one on, mm-hmm. try to get rid of any of the overcomplications with, you know, thought mm-hmm. as far as downstream effect. I don't think I've
0: asked you this before. How does this work with a non-natural ingredient? I was involved early, early in my career in a transdermal pharmaceutical mm-hmm. product, which in that case is, has a true absorption of a chemical element to it. How like as an example how, how would you guys work with a
2: more prescription type chemical environment? For sure. So the way that we look at the constituents that go into the materials or go into our products is it's um because it's all energy based. So some things that are beneficial chemically might not be beneficial energetically, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole mm-hmm. kind of back-end R&D testing process. Mm-hmm. What we try to do is we, we really start on the effect that we're trying to achieve, and don't focus so much on, oh, this thing causes X. Mm-hmm. So that's what allows mm-hmm. us to build again in pain relief, for example. There's 300 different things sure. in the pain relief. So it's kind of a, a cascade of, oh, this little effect from here, over here, over here, over here. So it's a different process of looking mm-hmm. at it. It's effect focus versus...
0: Interesting. Yeah. So, do do you envision a different way in the future that people are actually doing trials? Oh, for sure. It's
2: sure it sure sounds like right that, that... for sure. Yeah, because when you get rid of you know minimizing the risk profile, mm. right, and the, the the costly nature of doing a, a clinical trial mm-hmm. and that whole process, you know, it could be such it could be much more uh, rapid, cost effective, iterative. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, speed to market is you know, the ball game when sure. when we're in times like this and people yes. need stuff readily. You, know, exactly. you can't wait six months for a clinical trial and FDA right. and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, no, I see a long-term, um, for us, again, the, having, I think, the platform and the impl- mm-hmm. implications of it downstream long-term are, are a big deal for that perspective.
0: Yeah, really, really, really interesting. So let's talk about it. I mean, you guys obviously have much more going on than just Luminos. What other exciting things, you know, would you love to share right now about other Bionatus companies and, and things going on. Obviously, you know, Blue is one I mentioned early on that I think is really fascinating given the climate that climate change, but also, you know,
2: legislation that's been yep. fairly recent and um, what's what's just checking in on that one, what's, yeah. what's going on there. So Blue On is again another interesting um, it's it that one started off singularly as a product and mm-hmm. then has evolved again into this platform ideology, which we keep finding ourselves into. Um, but the base premise there is that you know, R22 or what's known as Freon, right? It's the globe's refrigerant. So it's used in every HVAC system on the earth for the last, you know, 40 years. Mm-hmm. So it's been getting phased out slowly for the last 20 or so years. Um, the end of that phase out was 1-1 January 20. So no more Freon. Mm-hmm. So our base premise, uh, you know, eight years ago was, can you make a better Freon? You just replace the freon. Don't have to go buy new equipment, right? Mm-hmm. Which is an ungodly expensive, mm-hmm. non-friendly process. Yeah, I mean the
0: capex on replacing
2: Ooh. all those units ten, ten around the square foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah around food. the world is you know, amazing, right? It's, yeah. it's trillions of dollars, right? And so what we realize is that creating a better product, when you create value to the end user, you end up disrupting the value chain all the way back mm-hmm. to the supplier. Right, or even up the ladder to the mm-hmm. chemical companies, right? Mm-hmm. So then we had to create value for the mechanical contractor. Then we had to create value for the supply house. Then we had to create value, you know, just align the interest all the way through. But then once you do that, we realized, hey, our value here at the end allows us to really own this community. So now we become the trusted source, the trusted part, you know, of information mm-hmm. uh, for end users, for example. So you know, we've really evolved into our our discussion with landlords. So I'll give you a prime example we were dealing with um, one of the largest industrial real estate owners. So they do Amazon fulfillment centers Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You can imagine the square foot and and the tonnage of HVAC we have. So we go meet with them and we say, Hey, we can be your HVAC advisor. We can give you, here's your plan, replace that equipment. Don't replace that equipment, convert Mm -hmm. those equipment, et cetera. So they send over their entire equipment list to us, 30,000 pieces of, Mm. of equipment. We put together this whole macro overview proposal and in a nutshell, Converting them to blue on versus buying new capital or buying new equipment, hundred and eighty million dollar capex savings. And that's straight off the bottom line for them. And so imagine, you know, this was two months ago Mm -hmm. prior to all the current environments. So what's the first thing that's happened in corporate America? Capital budgets going out the window. Absolutely. So we see ourselves now as like, you still have to deal with this, Mm -hmm. we have a one twentieth the cost or sometimes no cost solution to deal with this, so move forward accordingly. So yeah. We see a big opportunity on the Blue On side.
0: So, that let's go under the uh, hood a little deeper there. Because yeah. I, I think the fascinating, I mean, obviously, amazing opportunity with Blue On. Um, but I think the more fascinating thing to me, and partly just because of the way my brain works, is how you evolved to being in a very different business than what you originally yep. thought you would be in. And have you guys thought about that in in a more process-based way? Or have you just sort of found your way on an opportunity-by-opportunity opportunity basis? Yeah,
2: no, so they've... The Blue On story is kind of like the perfect example of this evolution. So it's being aware that creating the thing is just the beginning of the process, mm. right? And so this is what I think we do a decent job at, relative to most our innovators. We try to keep them over here so that they innovate Mm -hmm. because the innovators think, Hey, I made it. It's done. It's worth a billion dollars. Let's go raise a bunch of money. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. That's then you have to commercialize it and can you scale it? And is there a market? And then most importantly, does anyone care? Yes. If you get to here, you've done all these things. Mm -hmm. You've wasted a bunch of time, a bunch of money or not. So for us, it was about taking and then understanding and reacting to the market. So we saw, okay, product is great. End users love it. No pushback mm-hmm. from the end users ever. Mm-hmm. Contractors don't really care. They don't pay your utility bills. Mm-hmm. They want make my life easy. Sure. So then we had to develop a solution to really glue the two things together. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the crux of all this is realizing that having solutions or platforms or so to speak can speed up this process. Because mm-hmm. without that, then I'm fighting one battle over and over and over and over sure. again versus making it Scalable, efficient, yeah. et cetera. So that's kind of our lens is if we can solutionize it or mm-hmm. platformize it, implement that. Okay. So, I
0: mean, ideally, obviously you create an, a new environment that's better, faster, cheaper. Mm-hmm. The other sort of uh, editorial, I guess I would say is understanding those different constituents and their the jobs that they, I'm I'm a big believer in this methodology of jobs to be done. Yep. And if you really understand the job that they're trying to get accomplished, the contractor's job is largely not changing. Yep.
2: Get on the Jobs, roof, get
0: off the roof. That's right. Make it easy for me. That's right. Jobs tend to be stable. And where you really have to focus as an innovator is where are they currently not well uh, supported yep. or the solutions aren't optimal. And in a case where there's a legislative change, the current solution not optimal. Yep. But if you make it really hard for them to adopt,
2: they'll resist. That's right. It's like a a premium example in that world is all the building management software, Mm -hmm. all the smart stuff, all of this, that you still have to deal with Joe Blow contractor that scared of electrical. That's right. right? Doesn't know software. doesn't know wiring. So if you don't make their life easy, you know, you you, I think it's a realizing and trying to get away from. The hubris of what you think you've created. Yes. Alright, It's like this thing is so awesome, everyone's gonna love it. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy doesn't care. If it's not easy for him to do. It doesn't matter. That's so right. just try to put yourself in his shoes and mm-hmm. build that way.
0: Yeah, that's. I think it's a great point. So, do you guys think about the innovators and intellectual property? Have you found consistent sources for that, or are you just always out trying to meet and and find people?
2: Yeah, it's a balance there. So the initial stuff, I have to give my partner uh, Peter a lot of credit for that. Uh, Pete's a super interesting, unique guy with a, the a random background, equally as random as mine, probably. He was a uh, studying nuclear physics at Columbia of all things, and then turned into a commercial real estate guru. Had a lot of funny there, had a lot of fun there, made a lot of money, but he wasn't impacting the world mm. the way he wanted to. So he left that world um, to really jump back into science and physics and mm. research and whatnot. But he took a unique approach, and his epiphany was. You know, a lot of uh, the energy focused technologies, the world had moved to simulations, right? And so his, th- you know, kind of macro thought there was, how can you find something nuanced within a simulation? All right? if I've input all the variables, well, then I've closed yep. the box yep. for, okay. Yep. So he went the uh, empirical route. So he was going to meet guys with widgets and, mm-hmm. you know, so that approach. So there's a whole world of people outside of the mainstream, you know, uh, say, scientific community, so to speak, that are the tinkerers, mm-hmm. right? Guys that used to be at XYZ you know, research institution, they left because they built the widget. Mm-hmm. So those were our guys. So he said, hey, I have kind of the science acumen, the business acumen, I can understand their language enough, I'm gonna gather all those guys up, let them tinker and do what they do, and then when I got involved, we went through everything and said, hey, winner, winner, shut that down, no market, not cost-effective, you Mm -hmm. know, and kind of picked our process Mm -hmm. and did it that way. But then on a go-forward basis, you know, we look to um, kind of supplement or synergize with new new folks, new groups, um, and kind of, because, again, our tinkerers and innovators are still sitting over here, we can lend advice and expertise, Mm -hmm. you know, outside of the stuff that we currently work on. Okay. Very,
0: very interesting. So as as you think about university research, Mm -hmm. which on one hand, could be considered mainstream, but it probably depends on exactly what they're
1: mm-hmm.
0: looking at, and maybe even outside of the energy field in particular. How do you think about that as a place for entrepreneurs in general, right? I mean, people in our audience that are thinking about, you know, I'd like to be an entrepreneur and build a business. Yep. I, I don't necessarily have the idea, but I'd love to find a great idea to wrap myself around. How do you think about university research or even other ideas that you you'd offer
2: yeah so on the university side I think it's all about um, kind of the group and the setup and the way they operate so if you're if what we found is that if groups are doing research just to do research it's often a hard leap mm-hmm. you know to the business world mm-hmm. if they're doing research with a specific you know bookend end goal mm-hmm. we're going to create X mm-hmm. at X cost or X you know whatnot that to me is where a lot of the opportunities are, um, and I think a lot of groups, particularly out here, UCI for example, and Cove, and mm-hmm. you know what's all going over there, you know a lot of groups have set it up the right way mm-hmm. to where the innovators are there. You can interact with them, you can participate, etc. But it's it's the, having that structure in place and that process to say, mm-hmm. hey, here's what we're trying to accomplish here, not just you know write white papers or sure. come up with uh, you know pie in the sky ideas that have no practical downstream implementation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a
0: fair. It, it's sort of that whole. I mean, in some cases the motivation of the, the researcher too. If it's mm. I'm seeking academic glory versus commercial glory, that that could be a, a hundred yeah,
2: we, percent. We try to stay getting in those debates from a business. You know, from my lens of it, is, you know, we don't go down those rabbit holes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
0: So as you think about, I mean, we talked a lot uh, over the the time that we've known each other about the the need for more startups and innovative companies being started and born here yep. in in this area. What could we learn from your model that you think uh, we, sh- we as a community should be thinking more about in, in trying to spur more innovative starts to
2: more companies? For sure. Yeah. So for me, you know, I think what's most valuable about what we built on the ecosystem side is the strategic handoffs. Right. And so when we have our innovators are innovating and our operators are operating, execution people are executing, and you know, myself and Pete and the team are doing the strategic and the capital raising, et cetera, it creates a very fluid, efficient machine, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I think often what happens is you have guys from over here try to do all of these things, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. you waste a lot of time, waste a lot of capital, waste a lot sure. of process. So having, you know, maybe this is something that, you know, we should do a better job of mapping out case studies or yes. you know the plan for that and again all the parties being involved being okay with their respective role yes. right it's like I'm not the innovator I'm not the legal guy mm-hmm. so I'm okay with that mm. I know what I'm good at yep. so I stick to that and then I let the rest of the team do their process so I think having more of those at scale and just the um, kind of the case studies behind it so the innovators can say hey I don't have to do it all Right, I think a lot of burden gets put on yes. the innovation side, versus it's not the innovator's job to take this thing all the way through. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be, in my opinion. Yeah. So having that kind of uh, ecosystem to foster that process is a big opportunity.
0: Well, you, uh, you hit the right word on the head, which is ecosystem. In, in a healthy ecosystem, people can better understand their roles. And I think that's what we've seen in evidence in other markets And the challenge we've had here since I've been here is that too much of our community is disconnected and you have an innovator who has a great idea and a great potential opportunity. And without an ecosystem to be a part of, they do feel that responsibility or the only alternative is to have to go do it all themselves. And one of the things I've said on here many times and will continue to is I just far too often see people reinventing the same wheel. Over and over and over, and to me, that's a that's a key piece of evidence that we're not healthy yet. Because you know, the innovators shouldn't have to go figure out legal, as an example, or they shouldn't have to go figure out how to sell if that's not something that they're ever going to do well.
2: Yep, or raise capital, or the business plan, or you know, all all the downstream things that we call it the the tinker chasm. Right, as soon as you build this widget, then you're in the real world, and you want to see business plans, and how much does it cost, and so it's it's a different it's a different thing from having an idea
0: yes for sure so one of the reasons i started accelerate oc and this maybe fits even in this line of thinking i mean one was to give audience and a platform for folks like you who are doing unbelievably cool and innovative things here in orange county and i've had the privilege of getting to know folks like you over my time here and not enough people know who Bionatus is or who you are, or who a lot of the the folks on here have been. But I also want to give the potential for conversation about what we can do better, because I think that's also something we're not as reflective and, and focused on how we can improve as a community. And so what are the things you think we should be doing better to support entrepreneurs and, and other business leaders in our community?
2: Yeah, no, I think you've done a great job kind of spearheading the the openness for this environment, right? So to me, it's having more, you know, more folks and groups like you that are kind of leading the the open arms, come see us, we'll help you figure it out. You know, I think that's what I've learned, you know, a lot about in my time in Orange County is people are very generous here with their, with their time mm-hmm. and with their networks, mm-hmm. right? So if you find good people in the good circle of people, I think letting other people know that that exists yes. and not be afraid to go find that go to networking events you know mm-hmm. go to your breakfast go you know those kinds of things I think we need more of holistically yes.
0: yeah yeah just more I mean we have three and a half million people here right and a lot of people yeah we can get you know 50 or a hundred but I go it's just you know there's more I I'm very confident that we have more amazing people here that I don't know and I, I feel them. like I know as many people as uh, most here and I think we we do need to um, just create more overlap, more connectivity and inclusiveness yeah you know, big big part of what we're trying to do with our venture studio is be very public about it. I mean, and there's risk in that right if we if we fail miserably, which we're not going to, but if you know that that's a black eye, yep. but that's uh we have to be mindful of that, but my general view is hey, this is how we can raise the collective intelligence of the area by being more. Open,
2: inclusive. Yeah, let people know this exists, right? That's, that's right. No, it's you're spot on. I think too, that's another. You know, people talk about you know failure as as a detriment. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes so those speak, that's but you know, you're gonna if you're not to me, if you're not failing at something, you're not trying hard enough. That's right? right. You're not doing enough. So right. if if you look at failure as a point of innovation or a point mm-hmm. to optimize or mm-hmm. regroup or you know pivot, et cetera, then it's just part of the process. And so yeah. to not be scared of that or run from that, et cetera totally totally agree one one of the things we've done which you know again it's sort of an
0: experiment is we've we've had some founders that we've had come into our studio that we're not ready to back yet that we've said sort of maybe to instead of yes or no and i i view it as a, a really interesting experiment but to a couple of them i've said prove me wrong like i want to be wrong right my gut is telling me i'm not ready to to back you yet, but I really like you. I want you to prove me wrong because in me being wrong, I'm going to learn. Yep. And I and I look for those opportunities. And I think to your point, that's not
2: common enough. It's not sought. Yeah. Enough it's not it's not embraced enough. That's right. You know, particularly on the, again the, the fundraising side, because a lot of these, you know, the, the innovator, particularly the the further out there the innovator mm-hmm. is, the harder time they have understanding. You know or reacting to situations like that Mm -hmm. right so if they're way over here they might be super sensitive to failure Mm -hmm. right or being told no or Mm -hmm. not getting investment or so then what we don't need to happen is have this you know amazing innovative person then shut down that's right as a result of this perceived failure Mm -hmm. so I think it's to your point embracing that process and being more transparent about hey this is not like this is a good idea if you show me X, Y, Z, then you move the ball forward and now we can move the ball forward. Exactly. Yeah. yeah,
0: And often it's not as, I mean, for a lot of innovators, I think that, that I've had the pleasure of meeting who just have a way different way of thinking than I do, which is awesome, they see a straight line. Yeah. And I think you and I both know that it's never it's as, a straight it's line. It's crooked and curvy Is ups right. and downs. And, yeah. and you hit wall and you go backwards a few steps and then you may go have to break through that wall or you may have to go, it may be a dead end, yep. you got to turn. So that that's more than normal, and and we're my partner and I are very comfortable that that is the reality, and we're we're going to embrace going through that whole journey, but we have to have partners with us who can at least be uh, made to understand that that's the more likely outcome. Yeah. A, a straight line, if it happens, awesome. God bless. It, but that but, yeah.
2: is so rare and. No, I think it's be, o- be okay yeah. with that and embrace, you know, for us, it's like, I, tr- I or for me personally, I try to spend as little time as my day possible focused on the problem. It's like, as soon as something happens, mm-hmm. it's a solution. Yes. What's well, the solution? Mm-hmm. And just being okay with that versus, oh man, how do we cause a problem or what's sure. going on? So I think that's kind of a, you know, a, a life hack on the mm-hmm. of, on the innovation side of thing is this this straight line dream, yes. right? When you get in the real world, it's not going to happen, but right. be okay with that. Yes. So what, what do you think
0: that, what do you attribute the culture? The culture here is more a, you know, I'm going to take the safer path and take a job. And I, I've i said for a long time, I think there's a lot of latent entrepreneurship or entrepreneurs here that are working in jobs, maybe because the cost of living is high here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of a relative yeah, it risk is scenario. But how do you see us changing that culture? I mean, it could get forced. This this environment that we're in could, you know, render a bunch of people with a, a position where they've got to go do something innovative and entrepreneurial because the alternatives start to disappear. But like what what in your mind, what do you see us doing as a community and
2: culture here to just embrace that in a radical new way? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a you know myriad of things. One thing I think there's going to have to be a lot of um, large corporate big vision Type guys, Mm -hmm. someone step up and say, "Hey, from a macro sense, we need to do X, and in in this market segment, right, or this application, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then be willing to run with that vision, that plan, and hire the people, and you know, kind of make it work from a macro sense." And I think sub that underneath that, to your point, there's a lot of people, particularly you know, people I know at my network that are they work in their their job, so to speak, but they're I would call them entrepreneurial dabblers yes right so they still love to go to networking events and mm-hmm. they'll invest 25 grand here and 50 grand there and so I think really creating more particularly in times like this environments that foster a, a macro opportunity for that if you know a hundred of those people mm-hmm. and this vision guy has this great downstream idea how do we merge those that... two together mm-hmm. and mobilize and you know and do so that to me is I think where some you know some near-term opportunity is particularly on the the entrepreneurial side of things yeah that totally makes sense so
0: let's uh let's switch gears a little bit so last year i got involved with this newer organization here called the ceo leadership Mm -hmm. alliance of orange county or or cla and you you mentioned you know a lot of these bigger companies and we have some good uh large and and even mid-size companies here that have global uh you know leadership in their particular industry or even some concentrations of various industries. And the big driver for this group has been, how do we get more of the right kinds of jobs here in Orange County? And those jobs are jobs that allow people to have a sustainable life here. And those aren't uh, $40,000 and $50,000 a year jobs. They're two hundred dollars $240,000 a year jobs that can enable somebody to have that quality of life that yep. we all desire. In, what I think is the best place in the world, or uh, here in Orange County, or in Southern California, certainly. So, if you think about what industries those are likely to come from here in your mind, where, where do you see those coming from here in in this area, with what you know in the next five to ten years? You know, from
2: a holistic sense, it's going to be specialty jobs and value-oriented jobs, mm-hmm. right? So, we're going to see a lot of, to me, the, the economy holistically is going to shift towards value equals value, right? And I think we have a lot of things that become commoditized and then value becomes commoditized and Mm -hmm. then you get in this weird, you know, what are you even working on that for Mm -hmm. kind of reality? So I think when times like this happen, um, you know, and and capital gets tight and budgets get tight, et cetera, it's going to refocus on value, Mm -hmm. right? And if you're a business or an opportunity or a person that can, you know, create or deliver or um, kind of define the value side of the equation, that to me is where we need to be you know, mm-hmm. focusing, so to speak. Mm-hmm.
0: So do you see us producing, I guess this probably gets back to even some of the off the air conversation we we're having about capital. Do you see us producing uh, an increasing number of research jobs? Uh, you know, As I look at a, a lot of the companies here, I see them more in this optimization mode as opposed to a uh, research and innovation mode and you know you can only cost cut and optimize for so long before you know big shifts happen like you know talking about HVAC or other industries that have you know major systemic not always legislated but either a new breakthrough discovery or, or something I mean the pharmaceutical industry could be potentially greatly disrupted by something like luminous in, in a if you're if you're making pills or other forms. So how how do you think about you know do we do we produce uh, research jobs do we give people the ability to to do and and help support new R and D and and what yeah. I think
2: it's both so I think when the business focus becomes on things that you know aren't necessarily one to one you know economy affected or or whatnot for our businesses we're still hiring and mm-hmm. moving forward. And you know, if anything on the blue on side, our business plans probably accelerated as sure. a result of current things. Sure. So having more companies and technologies and, you know, things that fit that mold, um, to me in Orange County, there's the resources the people in the network and the know how to really accelerate those things. So I think we need more of from a top line perspective, more of those businesses or ideas or entrepreneurs that are solving Market agnostic problems.
0: Mm. So it's really almost bigger thinking, as as you 100%. is what I feel like you're 100%. describing is. Uh, and I've seen you know over my years a lot of people here that I think have, for you know whether it's their own limitations or lack of a community to encourage or inspire them, you know maybe thought smaller than they should. Hundred yeah. percent. And you know I think that maybe this environment will spur more big platform like
2: thinking, yep. like you guys. No, you're, uh, you're, you're spot on. That's, again, the we keep hitting on the blue on example, but mm-hmm. if we would have just shut it down at the product, right, and yeah. kept all, okay, well, then our company's excise, and then our mm-hmm. opportunities excise. And, sure. But it's that, I think that's where a lot of companies, and it's kind of, to your point, existing big companies, as they look for room to innovate and ideate mm-hmm. and whatnot, need, themselves need to be thinking bigger. Sure. So even if they're well-established, you know, maybe yeah. they're mid-cap, large-cap, et cetera, how can they grow? How can they use this, this same platform logic, so to speak, to yeah. to hire new people and bring, you know, well-paying jobs, et cetera, in this time? I, I think that's a great
0: uh, conversation that we, we, we're going to have to do a follow-up on that. I think it, it warrants it. I mean, how do we get more of the companies here? I know um, Dean Stecker at Alteryx has been very uh, open about his belief that you know Altrix is a platform that can enable any number of new businesses to emerge. Uh, how do you think about the you know the other companies here and helping them even understand how could you enable dozens or hundreds of new businesses to be built as an extension of you as a as
2: a platform? Yep. No, I think that's um,
0: you guys might be a great uh, reference example to even think about launching here
2: yeah no that's a good point i think having groups or you know panels or network etc someone sit back and look at the macro landscape and said hey if these three companies did xyz cumulatively what could that mean yes in the near term medium term long term that kind of plan but Mm -hmm. yeah no i think you're you're spot on on that
0: very very interesting well we'll uh we'll revisit that one for sure so you you're a transplant to orange county like i am you know i i uh stated earlier my view, which I've said before I still think this is the greatest place anywhere to live what what is it that you most appreciate about Orange County after being here for a while?
2: Um, I think it's the the ability to navigate within you know kind of the the structure of the game plan or the the thinking that we've set out. you know to me, I left Kentucky or Louisville specifically because I didn't see big big things there. You know, so to come mm-hmm. to a place where, um, you know, you go from having million-dollar discussions to billion-dollar discussions. Mm-hmm. You know, and people aren't afraid to. You know, I say, hey, you know, I, I jokingly say it, but I'm not joking. You know, change the world all the time. Like that's mm-hmm. my my mo from a, mm-hmm. what we're doing perspective. But when you say that out here, and then there's people that latch onto that and it's meaningful, and then they'll mm-hmm. put resources behind it. Or they believe, network, it. they yeah, believe
0: it. it's been done before, right? right. Yeah, yeah. So
2: the be- the the belief factor. And it can be done, you know enables to me all the downstream, mm-hmm. so that's what what I've been most appreciative of to date, and then just finding you know good networks, good people, and people that you know again believe it, support it, and, mm-hmm. and want to move the whole thing forward so very cool how, how do you keep yourself
0: sharp and and you know you guys are on in some cases the bleeding edge of some breakthrough discoveries and and science how do you how do you keep yourself uh, aware and, and sharp around those those things.
2: Yeah, just kind of a short answer, always be open to learning new things, mm-hmm. right? We never think we have anything figured out. Our products are always iterating, or businesses are always changing, ideations, you know, it's it's iterative, right? Mm-hmm. So just having a macro sense of forever learning and being okay to new ideas, right? our One of our, you know, things we stand on is it's the best idea wins. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. who it comes from, what it comes from. I care not about yes. having the best idea. I care about the best idea getting executed, mm-hmm. you know, efficiently within mm-hmm. our team and our process. So I think those two, you know, kind of, kind of synergies. But you know, most importantly, just always be open and be out there, right? You got to be doing this kind of stuff. You got to mm-hmm. be meeting people. You got to mm-hmm. be willing to put in the time. And you know, I think a lot of, a lot of groups like ours sometimes are are closed, close off, closed minded, and they don't take the meetings mm-hmm. or they don't take mm-hmm. the phone calls or mm-hmm. I'm happy to jump on and talk to anybody, sure. right? And if it fits in my schedule, and you want to come by the office and tell me about what you're doing, and if I can help, whatnot, mm-hmm. so be it. You know, so doing those kinds of things, I think keep you, you know, the pulse, so to speak, on what else is happening outside of sure. your own your own world.
0: Uh, that's very instructive. I mean, one one of the things I try to to take temperature of is, you know, you said ideas come from anywhere. It, I get really nervous if um, my ideas win too often. And I go, okay, I I got the wrong group, or I'm in the wrong room, right, or whatever right. it may be, right? Yeah. It's like I'd, I'd rather lose every time right. and feel like, hey, I, you know, I got something to keep up with. But I think far far too often we 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 don't maybe uh, reflect on that and go, okay, do I have the right group around? And and clearly you guys do. So this has been super fun, as I knew it would be, and. We got to do a final lap. Paul's giving me the time sign over here, Matt. So one of the things I always like to finish with is letting my guests share. Uh, and you've shared a lot, but some you know words of wisdom or key lesson that they've learned on the way that they'd like to impart to the guests. So if you think about other entrepreneurs, which is a big part of the Accelerate OC audience, what what words of wisdom or lesson would you love to, or advice would you love to leave with them?
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think we hit on a couple points. Uh, but to, to summarize the recap, there I think number one is think bigger right? Don't Mm. be afraid to think bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, Number two is don't think that you have to do it all yourself, Mm -hmm. right? There's groups and people and networks. And there's so many things in Orange County that want to see this thing happen. Yes. Um, So you know, from an innovator entrepreneur perspective, being open to that, and go seek those things, Mm -hmm. send the email, make the phone call, ask for the help, you know, and, and be okay with that. Mm -hmm. I think those two things kind of in a nutshell, are are, you know, maximum critical.
0: Great, great advice and matt thank you so much for joining me today here on accelerate oc for sharing your experiences your your wisdom you you are wise beyond your years for sure and also thanks for showing up thanks for being part of the entrepreneurial community and for being uh, another good guy willing to help out and and help others and and think abundantly about how we can all uh, succeed here together and we're going to need more of that now and in the coming months, and we probably have in a long, long time here. So thanks for being part of that. And um, you're definitely doing your part to Accelerate OC. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at AccelerateOC.com, or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite
1: podcast spot. Let's accelerate OC together.